to the Batmobile. Let's go. Come on, Bob, for old times, huh? Harley Quinn, nice to meet ya. <laughs> Pardon my French. Fuck those fuckers. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Comics in Motion podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hi Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to Comics in Motion TV and movie reviews for shows that are based on comic books. Myself will be reviewing from the perspective of a long-time comic book reader. And I'll be reviewing from the TV and movie perspective. And what we also love to do is we also love to spoil the hell out of everything we review. And so if you haven't watched our Choice of the Week, then we'd advise you to proceed with caution. And remember, with an average podcast comes no responsibility. Now, Chris, what are we going to review this week? Well, Dave, we are going back to 1994, and it was something you mentioned last week. We could do this on the VHS Strikes Back podcast, but it has got comic book origins. So we are going back with John claude Van Damme, and it's Time Cop, Dave. Now, what are your memories of this one? Well, I have definitely watched this once. However, watching it again, I'm, not, I'm questioning how much I watched of it, Dave, because there was loads of this I don't remember, but I remember the end bit. So I, I can't I can't hold my hands up and say, yeah, I, I've definitely watched it all the way through, but these all bits, so I must have. Maybe I wasn't paying attention when I rented it from the video shop, but I remember this being one of his quite um, more popular ones, wasn't it? It was more mainstream, this one, at the time. Definitely, he did, sort of did a few, didn't he? Universal Soldier, he did this. There, there was a, about two or three that hit, and uh, with Morton Double Impact was quite a high one as well. So, yeah, I, I always just remember it because of his hair and one certain scene in his apartment, which we'll talk about. <laughs> well, I have seen this one, um, but leading up to it, I'm thinking, you know what? Apart from the gifts that you see quite regular, um, I don't really remember a great deal about it. And when it started, I'm thinking have I seen this or have I just seen the gifts? But as it was going through, I think I was, I, I have seen it. And I remember, um, so this is another one when I was up in Preston and, uh, and got it out from the local video shop. But uh, yeah, I think we'll get into it in the review, but I just don't think it's quite as memorable. It's clearly a lot more polished, isn't it? You know, there's a lot more money been thrown at this one than is than some of his other movies. But I just don't think it it really stands up with those. I mean, the budget was twenty seven million, which for a Van Damme movie, it's not bad at all. No, it's not, and it made a hundred and one just at the box office, Dave. So it, you know, it quadrupled its. Um, budget so you can't really argue with that and that's got to be one of van damme's better ones because a lot of his stuff later on was straight to video wasn't it or, or dvd so yeah. Yeah. it is now a lot of his stuff is now but yeah I, again it was riding on the crisp of a wave around this time his stock was still quite high van damme so i think it sort of like the late 90s when it started falling off for him more than anything so and i, I was all in on van damme so I, I must have seen this all the way through it's just it was great to watch it again though with the flicks and that, with the time, and we'll get into that. But yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see what you think because I still stand by what I always say. Bloodsport's a great film, Kickboxer, Universal Soldier, Cyborg, seen them all. My best one is still Death Warrant, Dave. I love Death Warrant. I know we've got to do that on the VHS at some point. I love it. Yeah, I, I, I still love Bloodsport, mate. I just think there's so many great cheesy lines. You know, we were talking about it, we were doing the ref wrestling, weren't we? And when Jim Duggar <laughs> yeah. comes up, I just think, oh, it's it's fucking his mate there. Um, Jackson. Jackson. Ray yeah. Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But but for this one, I mean, so, so the comic background, this, this came out of an anthology book called Dark Horse Comics, and it was in 1992. So, it was it was just like a short story. It was like part of three issues, also uh, three short stories, and it did con um, it did have Max Walker in it, but I couldn't get my hands on it. I couldn't get it from Comicsology or anything. But the fact that this came out just a few years later in '94 makes me think. Well, they they must have had it in production. You know, we've looked at other things like Kingsman. 
where you know yes. the book is being written almost in parallel to the film script because it, it it's not as if this book hit the stands and then created a massive buzz and then they decided to create a movie literally two years from the comic coming out to being on screen that, that's got to be some sort of record it, things just don't normally happen that quick no and and it's got to be something again i, I would love to know on stuff like this is it the director the producer the writer somebody's got to be the writer i presume somebody has read this comic like you say anthology whatever it is novel and gone i want to make a movie like you say, such such a you know, just one of them weird. Into, I love the backstory of how these things come into development, and like you say, what a turnaround it, it, in production! It literally finished its run and went straight into a pre-production for a movie. So I know Van Damme movies are not like Hollywood blockbusting take four or five years. It literally was probably born, unless it was written, and then it was like, right, we're going straight into a movie. I don't know, I don't know, but interesting day, really, really interesting. And I think one of the things. You mentioned the Kingsman, Dave, slight segue, but I never realised that the American guy out of the Kingsman 2 was Pedro Pascal, Dave, the old Mandalorian. Oh, I never realised that. I'm going to have to go back and watch that. I've got Kingsman 2 on the list, but, you know, just never yeah. prioritised it. But you, you were saying about the directors. I mean, the the actual story and evidence credited with, with a guy called Mike Richardson, but the stories are written by Mike Verhaden. And he's also the guy who's uh, credited with the screenplay. So, you know, there ah, it right. literally is the same writers who have done the comic and the screenplay. So, you know, that that's a, that's quite a rare thing, especially around the 90s. You know, normally it's like the Hollywood writers go, yeah, these comic book guys don't know what they're talking about. So we're, we're going to write a story. We'll take the essence of the character. Things like you know, Punisher. You know, they essentially yeah. took the Punisher character, some of the essence of it, and then threw away a lot of the, the good bits as well. So, yeah. Um, but what I'll say is, Chris, just because you get the creator source material doesn't necessarily mean you end up with a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, on that bombshell, should we get into our trailer? <laughs> Let's go. You all remember Dr. Hans Kleindast? Well, for the past 20 years, he's been trying to keep his face off the cover of Time magazine doing research. His field of research has been time travel. Walker, how have you been, Lila? I'm not hurting anybody. You can't go forward because the future hasn't happened yet. It turns out if you go back and you change something, it's serious. It could be catastrophic. We have to form a brand new covert agency to police this technology and to actually protect it's going to be called the Time Enforcement Commission, or the TEC. And this man seated next to me is Commander Eugene Matuzak of the Washington Police Department. He is our choice to run the commission. Agent Walker, I've heard a great deal about you. And I've heard a lot about you, Senator. The same matter can't occupy the same space at the same time. Going back in time is a pretty easy way to make money. I hope you keep trying to get your math. I never quit. I cannot go back to save her. This scumbag is not going back to steal money. I had company this morning. My comms sent Did they say that? I can't tell you anything. This guy's gonna roll right over. Surprise. Don't go again. I really could care less whether you like me or not. Who sent you? You're not going back. That's one of the dangers of having an agency like that. Well, imagine the dangers of not having it. I can't go back. The younger one was dead. If he were dead, he would not be here. You don't need the press. You don't need endorsements. You don't even need the truth. You need money. Agent Walker has already cost me that much. It's me. Ten years from now. The defendant has been found guilty. They would come back as many times as it takes. Well, I trust you'll keep working. You can bet on it. Stay here, Walker. In my future, you're dead. Am I dead? Not dead. What's excited about going back and changing that? My call must make some changes. Melissa! 
1994, the Justice Department sent George Spotter to the Senate Appropriations Committee for approval on a secret project, the establishment of the Time Enforcement Commission, TEC, with the sole purpose of policing time travel. While initially dismissive, Spotter convinces them of both the viability and danger of their technology, showing them evidence that changes or ripples have already begun manifesting. Evidence by arms trafficking, shipments paid in gold bullion, stole from the Confederate Army. Now, Chris, what do you reckon to the opening of this one? Well, Dave, I think you give the writers more credit than what you've just described, because you did a better <laughs> job than what's going on in a lot of this film. However, you know, I love I love time travel films. There, you know, Back to the Future. I, I always have a a thing about love to go and live in the seventies. I couldn't live in the seventies because the technology and Games consoles, Dave. That that'd be straight out the door, you know. But I, I love the the idea of like Back to the Future, traveling to see your parents, seeing old family who you've lost as you get older, stuff like that. So anything around that intrigues me and how they pull it off. You know, we all laugh about it in Endgame. You know, but, yeah, I love Robert Downey Jr. You know, Tony Stark <laughs> saying so. The whole basis of time travels off Back to the Future. Right, okay. You know, and, and and it is in it. You know, Back to the Future set the bar. There was films before it and all that, but. It always intrigues me how movies do this and how they come to be. And what, what I find really ridiculous is um, Mia Sara, who who obviously was in one of my crushes as a kid, absolutely in love with her, Dave. My type, brown hair, beautiful girl in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Absolutely. She was Sloan Peterson, loved her in Ferris Bueller. And she's in the, and she's still stunning and everything. And it, when it starts, you get Van Damme sort of doing some sort of role play thing with her, doesn't it? She's looking in some jeweler's window or something. And he's like, uh, So, about is your husband coming or some shit like that with some weird American accent? And then he gives her a kiss and all that. But it's when he says to her, dead off the cuff, Yeah, you, 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 I'm going somewhere, blah, blah, blah. And he sort of reveals that he's a time traveler. And it's like, <laughs> it's not even, no one's going to turn around and go, what you can time travel it's just sort of passed off and I, and I think <laughs> it has a lot of feels this Dave of agents of she- uh, Nick Fury agents of shield a lot of the mm. set piece stuff feels like you know when he's in the Hydra and the shield bases and all that like that real cheap TV production yeah. there's a lot of that in this movie but I'll be honest with you and I'll, I'll set my stall out I actually enjoyed it because it was Van Damme DNA and yet again Dave I think these four movies now where Van Damme does double duty and plays two parts. And it still amazes me how he gets away with it. Double impact <laughs> was a stretch at the best, but I knew it was going to be a double duty job, definitely. So so I enjoyed it, but I agree that the story makes no sense. And we've got these weird, almost like one of them looks like the Kurgan off Highlander, these weird people just following around and obviously the baddies. But I did like the jumping. Once we get going, I did like the, some of the eras they went in. So so I, I enjoyed it, but I agreed that the story is nonsensical at all. Yeah. I, I think, well, you get at the start, don't you? They they lay this out, and you've got this guy who's stopping, stopping the Confederate army because they're transporting gold, and then he decimates them with, you know, some modern weapons. So, and like we always say, we, we spoil everything. So, you know, I'm going to be jumping around a little bit with this. But I think the essence of this story could be quite good. But I just think the script is really, really sloppy. Like, really sloppy. You've basically got a plot that is, you know, Senator McComb. He wants to run for president. And the way he's going to achieve this is going back into the past and stealing Confederate gold to bring it back to the future, as as you say, see what I did there? Yeah, yeah. And then that will fund him running for president. Well, straight away, it's a bit of a convoluted thing to do. Why not just go back to the 80s or, you know, go back to the 70s, plump your money into whatever, Microsoft. (laughs) You know, yeah, look, Apple or Big yeah, just, yeah, Steve Jobs. Yeah. Take take back your sports almanac, right? Yeah, and yeah. Go and, go and place all your bets. Make your money that way. Stealing Confederate gold. What is that all about? So, um, yeah, yeah, straight away I'm scratching my head a bit thinking, oh, what's happened? 
And again, they say about these ripples, and they can't go back. They can't go too far back because it becomes a bit more kind of um, uh, unreliable, and, and you're not quite sure how the ripples are, are going to go. But but they never address any of it. So going back and stealing all this Confederate gold, well, what effect did that have in the future? They never address it at all. Yeah. Um, no, no. It's, it's the... Sorry, Dave, go on, sorry. No, I was just going to say, and I just think... I Now, I haven't put that much thought into, you know, some of the plot holes in this one, but it just seemed to me like... You know, you mentioned Back to the Future, and, and I know it's got plot holes and whatever, but they lay out the rules, and then they broadly obey the rules. And and it just seemed to me this was just a, a kind of hand-wavy approach to time travel. Yeah, because you're right. They, they mentioned the old Doc Brown, you know, if, the, if this happens, it could wreck the space-time continuum, you know, and all that. And you right. get... Scott! Scott. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you get um, you get Biff, old man Biff, in 2015, going back to 1955 to give himself the grey sports almanac, as we've just been joking about. And that changes the whole layout of the world. So as Doc Brown and that move back to 85, you know, it's a completely, completely different world that they're in. So... That's the the priest of it, and there is dialogue in this saying that like you, you can't do too much because it'll wreck this. But like you say, people are adjusting stuff all the time, even after this dialogue, and there's no uh, recourse, there's no nope. change in anything. There's only one bit at the end, which which we'll get to. It's the only time in the whole movie, and that's because it's convenient for the movie <laughs> to, yeah. to happen, um, which is nonsense because. One of the bits, Dave, and I know we get slated and I'm probably on the worst for it. And we are always talking about, we've just been talking about no cheat, no surrender. <laughs> that bit when they get into his house, Van Damme's house, and he's there and he's obviously, him and uh, he's, he, me and Sarah have obviously had a bit and he's ready to go to work and, all, and they, it, they come it, in and just. It was a rather sexy scene, I do have to say. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> there was, there's, there's a bit of, uh, you know, how's your father going on? But the. Uh, they kill him basically, don't they? He gets into a fight. He gets absolutely levered outside, and it's when the guy drags her upstairs. I just kept thinking her acting is, and she yeah. won a, a Saturn Award for this, Dave, for her acting really? in this. Honestly, she was best supporting actress. Honestly, and she won a Saturn Award. It's that bit <laughs> there's, when there's Lauren have <laughs> some fucking off screen shenanigans going on there. So. Oh, all I kept thinking of, Dave, that scene is when she was coming to the window screaming was when Lauren Avedon's got a kill key for Tali and knows she's going to free. And he wraps the curtain around him and he's like, and he's punching him and everything. And them guys are like, oh yeah, he's killed him. Jesse's killed him. And they go off. And that's how it felt because I kept thinking, is she in on this? You know, like, because her yeah. acting was yeah. so... Bad. And it made no sense for the guy to drag her upstairs, really. It was just purely for that scene. And then obviously the house blows up and, and we get this thing like, oh, Van Damme must be dead. But it it, it isn't. But what uh, that scene, her acting, is fucking awful, but brilliant as well. It just was throwing me back every time going, oh, so these, there is other films as bad as No Retreat, No Surrender <laughs> yeah. for that. It, it was bad and that is a brilliant uh, sort of parallel there because I hadn't made that connection, but it was that bad. Um, like I say, there was no need to drag her upstairs. There was no need to drag her over to the window, you know, just to say, <laughs> "Look, here she is." You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's nonsense. It, it but, was nonsense. But when we get to oh, oh, actually, you mentioned about the mall scene. I, I just want to go back to that for a second because again, it's just ridiculous. It's like Jean Claude's Van Damme. Jean Claude Van Damme's accent is so distinctive, isn't it? It's like, who am I? (laughs) Good money. (laughs) And even later, when we get future Max, you know, it's like he's basically got a different hairdo. His hair is a little bit longer. And she's like, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) But when he, uh, it's when the guy steals the uh, the handbag in the mall, you know, and he lifts his uh, he lifts his foot oh, up, doesn't he? And he's got yeah, yeah. Oh. Read that, and he's like Wolverine, 
between the lines. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the way the guy is skating. He puts his foot up. I'm expecting like a backward roundhouse or something. You know, something to, and the guy stops dead a millimeter yeah. from his fucking boot soles. It's ridiculous, Dave. And I love Van Damme. It's just, oh, <laughs> the fact is, oh. the guy on the skateboard as well, he's about 30. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a kid. But yeah. then, you know, he just basically, he said, what he says, Chris, is, look, I can lift my leg really high and I'm really flexible. And the guy's just like proper Scooby-Doo. Oh, you got me. And then he goes and hands the back to the old woman and she's like, thank you. <laughs> and he just walks <laughs> off with his tail between his legs. It is iconic. But but oh, ridiculous Fucking as well. Bullshit, yeah. But yeah, you is. know he's you know he's got the the Wolverine on his boot. Actually, yeah. his hair was supposed to be kind of homage to Wolverine himself from the comics. How was it? Apparently, yeah, yeah. So doesn't doesn't do a good job. But apparently, it's that's a huge damage <laughs> More, more like fucking Wrath of Khan, which you just reviewed, yeah. Dave. <laughs> it does a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> but, but, but I think you're right, I forgot about that. That's a fucking iconic, ridiculous scene. So we flick forward, and what made me laugh is straight away, I noticed that he's, he's Captain um, Matazak, or whatever he's called, mm-hmm. Matuzak. He is the guy out of The Last Boy Scout. He's the guy who's giving... Die hard, uh, die hard, bloody hell. Um, Joe Hallenbeck's missus one, and obviously Bruce Willis's character, Joe Hallenbeck, finds out, oh. gives him a crack, and then his car blows up. He's his partner. Uh, think, I think it's something McGilly's name is, but but he's in loads of like different movies. Uh, Bruce McGill. So, so I noticed that straight away. He's the captain. The same scenario. He's best mates with Van Damme and he with Max and stuff, and it's all this going. And what we find then is, and I love this, Dave, I must admit, he goes back to 1929 and we mm. see a guy there, there, Lyle, and he's basically just buying stuff because he knows the future markets. He knows different things. And then you get this thing with Van Damme, don't you? And the guy's there like fucking pulling the guns out. He gets all these hench. This guy's like, someone's like, I'm a boxing summer. And Van Damme just fucking levers him, doesn't he, with some martial arts stuff. So I did like that. I like the period of it. However, the doorman on the fucking building, the Irish, the, the cliche oh, Irish yeah, doorman, yeah. he is terrible. <laughs> His accent is woeful. Yeah, it's pretty bad, wasn't it? You know, but <laughs> you know what, Chris? I'm going to be slightly controversial here. But I just don't think this action holds up. I know it's Van Damme. I know he's very athletic. And, you know, he's a legend. He always looks great. But just the choreography just... I just found it all really quite bland. I don't really think they played to his strengths at all. Sure, he's throwing in some high kicks and stuff, but I I think that's maybe why this one doesn't live longer in the memory. I I just, I can't think of a really good fight scene. No, you know what? And and there's two things I'm going to mention now, and you're going to be calling me rotten for this. So, So one of them, this isn't in relation to something that we've watched. One of them is, I have never watched a movie, and this is, is apparent through every scene when Van Damme is fighting. And we're talking about Rocky Free, things like that are ridiculous. You know, John Majors in Commando. Have you ever heard a punch or kick with such loud, fudding acoustics? That proper, <laughs> like, sledgehammer. Every time Van Damme hits one, he goes, doosh, doosh, like proper... You can feel it, the surround on. You can feel my fucking sofa vibrating every time he cracks someone with a kick, a punch. The foot and after effects were ridiculous. However, I've got a theory on Van Damme, Dave. Snake in a monkey's shadow, right? Now, this is a reach. Now, that fucking stupid drunken karate nonsense you made me watch. The drunken style. Yeah, the drunken style. (laughs) But Van Damme... And his style's very similar, I think, Van Damme. He always has that thing, like in AWOL, Bloodsport, you know, Kickbox, Universal Soldier, where he's getting hammered, he's getting battered, and he always has this thing where he's dead slouchy, and he looks like he's pissed because he's took a beating, but then he'll just pull out a massive crescent kick or a teep kick or a roundhouse. And it's always, you know, the Van Damme special, that double split kick he mm-hmm. does day, which is amazing. And there is, you're right, 
the scene after this, he's the, they're in the future and he comes back from 29. He goes to his apartment and he's there asleep. And then these guys come in and he has this fight and he's doing that drunken style in his apartment. <laughs> but we get this scene, which is Shaw's been gift memed all over. He's got his boxers on <laughs> and his fucking arse, Dave, looks like Kim Kardashian's done it. He's got the most peachiest <laughs> arse we've ever seen. Obviously, I always laugh about his arse in Bloodsport because he, he looks fucking amazing, them budgie smugglers, but with his fucking massive fucking, because he was a bodybuilder. He's got the proper bodybuilder thighs and everything. And he, did, he never skipped leg day, I don't think, Van Damme. But however, that scene, is, it's almost fucking porno job, isn't it, Dave? It's ridiculous. <laughs> the full splits on the kitchen table is brilliant. A kitchen counter is brilliant. It is very homoerotic, isn't it? You know, most of the time when we see Van Damme doing the splits, it's kind of to the side, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I'm thinking kickboxer when he's getting his legs stretched out wide and stuff and... Whereas this is, he's got one leg out in front and one leg behind. Um, so again, very, very impressive splits and, you know, a very impressive specimen of a body as well. I, I thought it was, it was one of those where it was like, wow, that's impressive. Fucking seen that a million times before. You know? <laughs> it's, like, it's almost a staple, isn't it? You know, I guess, you know, for Arnie, it's his one-liners. You know, for Van Damme, you know, at some point he's going to do the splits. Yeah. Yeah, again, it, it's a Van Damme staple, Dave. A Van Damme, everything he does in these movies is exactly the same. And when he meets his new partner, the, the rookie, again... It goes back to 94 where we started, doesn't it, Dave? Yeah. You know, it's, it's in that same period and she's this internal affairs. The old classic Van Damme doesn't want to work with her, but, you know, uh, the captain's like, you've got to go with her. They, they sort of go back. But she sort of gets corrupted then, doesn't she? Yeah, you know? she's in on it. And I, I couldn't think where I recognised her from, so I looked it up and she was in Mr. Robot. I, I mentioned that the other day. I think it was yeah. it was on the VHS when we did Fight Club, wasn't it? And um, so, yeah, she's obviously a, a fair bit younger here, but I didn't really see that twist coming. I didn't. I, yeah, I, no. I, I, fair play to it. I, I A lot of the times, you know, you see it coming, don't you? But I was like, when she did do the heel turn, it's like, oh, fucking hell, didn't see that coming. Yeah, exactly. And this and this whole thing where she's the heel turn and, and she gets shot and everything is where we get the Biff Tannen bit, basically, don't we? This is the only part of the movie. We've had a couple of time travels where nothing's affected the future. This is the one bit for the plot that adjusts the future because the captain doesn't even know who Van Damme is and takes it as gold. That the great mates, it's yeah. ridiculous. Van Damme doesn't, he doesn't. It's like me coming up to you know someone coming up to you now, going, Dave. In five years' time, we're going to be best mates. And my name's blah blah. And you're like, I ain't got a fucking clue who you are. And you'd be like, I'm sorry, mate. Who are you? You've been stalking my social media. This guy just takes it as gold that he's best mates. Completely goes against protocol to send Van Dam. Uh, back to 94 again and get shot. It's fucking nonsense. That bit, that whole Benny Hill bit where them guys have got the guns on him and it's obviously he's going to get shot and it's like the last second. And he's he's like smiling about it. I'm like, this is fucking... (laughs) That that is the one bit in this movie that is nonsense. It really is. I kept thinking, when he goes back to the future, how do they know they've created exactly the same sort of technology? And the rail, yeah. you know, the whole landing strip, it's, it's in exactly the same spot, you know, despite them fucking about with the past. I mean, it, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I mean, even if you go past that, I guess, you know, it, it, again, it just for me contributes to this feeling of just the writing's just a bit sloppy and it, it just feels off. It does, it does. And, and obviously, like you say, the bad guy's Macomb and, and he meets himself, which was supposed to, in normal time travel, Van Damme, even in this film, there's a, there's a scene where the young Van Damme does see the old one, mm. but it's the space-time continuum, Dave. You know, and But this Macomb just talks to his normal self, like lay off the donuts and all this. It's like, it's not funny. He's got a yeah. scar on his face, the older one. He's got the henchman, he's the president. Oh, he was, he's running for president and all that and, and all this stuff. It, it it really does. It's one of these films where you need to take an Alcacelt sort of thing at the end of it because it's just <laughs> you can't you can't work out how they come together, how 
the plot works. There, there isn't really much of a plot, really, because if you think about it too much, you'd be there for days because I couldn't work out what I'm supposed to believe. I just went with what was going on on the screen, to be honest. Yeah, uh, like I say, for me, it's a it's stretching believability. The fact that, you know, this whole thing of going to the past, you've discovered time travel, so you, you, your best plan is to go back in the past and steal gold so you can run for presidency. Go back, plump your money into Microsoft or, you know, place your bets and fucking rule the world. You don't have to become the president. You know what I mean? Just just, just be the richest bloke in the world. Um, but, yeah, they, they lay out the rules that the same matter can't occupy the same space or something like that, don't they? And like you say, but then they seem to tell Max that he can't talk to his past self, but then McComb sort of just quite happily does it um yeah it's a bit crap really but i mean when when you get to the end there oh, oh in fact but before that when they're having a bit of a showdown and, and we get a bit of a fight scene some guy ends up getting his hand uh covered in like um what is it nitrogen what is it like fro dry ice yeah nit- nitrogen nit- um it would have been liquid nitrogen nitrogen terminator job yeah yeah um and then he he says something like uh stick around or it was something crap that just didn't fit and then so he smashes his his hand and he says he says after that he says i should have said freeze and i I thought that that would have been good if you'd have said freeze but he's almost trying to make a joke about the fact that it was a crap one-liner and I just think it <laughs> fell flat for me. What I love, though, in this day, what you say about the accents as well, and I've said this a few times across the podcast with Van Damme, he's one of my favourite action heroes. And I, I said to you, I love Bruce Lee in that, but for me, Van Damme was my martial arts hero, Dave. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. For me, he always will be. I know... That's sacrilege, and he gets a bit of bad press. But I love them. I love anything with even now. I can watch anything with Van Damme, in. and I've watched one recently with Dolph Lundgren where he's on a submarine. It's ridiculous. He's about fifty. He gets kidnapped. Dolph Lundgren's in the cell next to him, and just because they're good mates and helps him. It's just stupid film. It's so it's like an under siege type film, but it's mm-hmm. fucking bobbins. <laughs> um, anyway, so so I love the Van Damme, but there's always that foreshadowing of. Oh yeah, someone will just say, "Oh, he lived twenty years in France," or uh, "Yeah, he's from Belgium," or you know, yeah. there's always that thing like double impact. Well, one lived in America and one was sent to France, and it's like <laughs> every time to justify his accent, even when he's supposed to be American, there's always the French or Belgium yeah. uh, angle yeah, every dudes. time. <laughs> yeah, French dudes, exactly. There's always that that angle, always. But what's interesting is as and you, as you say, we come to the end bit. And this is where we get double impact 2.0. So he he realizes he goes to the hospital to see Fielding because she's been killed in the alternate universe. He's mm-hmm. gone forward to come back. He needs her to testify. She gets shot again, but he realizes that his wife is actually pregnant. And he's all this thing's gone on through the movie how he doesn't they're not allowed to alter a lot of things. Goes completely out the window because it's his <laughs> wife. He goes to the, the mall, grabs hold of her. So he kisses her, doesn't he, Dave? He, he, uh, well, she, she doesn't. Re- she doesn't recognise him. <laughs> exactly the same guy with the mullet. Hair. Yeah, he's got a mullet. <laughs> you know, almost Remo Williams levels of we're going to yeah. take shave your moustache off, and it's not the same guy, and no one recognises him. But yeah, so so he's got a mullet. She kisses him, bit of love. She she's crying. Then the younger guy comes. She says to him about it. So he's trying to all uh, change time. Them guys spot him, the older one. Uh, and then they're in bed later on and he's putting it. And what, what I found ridiculous, oh, Dave, the older Walker, he's, he's trying to be inconspicuous as his younger self walks past him. Mm-hmm. But he's got the same sort of cop uniform on that his younger self puts on in the house like later on. He's, he's got the badge and everything on his shoulder, but his younger self, who's a copper, doesn't notice him because <laughs> he walks past him. <laughs> he probably stupid. thought he was a mirror. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> and then we see that scene again where he gets behind her, how's your husband and all this stuff. And then, the, obviously, it is slightly different than the start of the movie. However, 
we then get old Van Damme with new Van Damme. It's 10-year difference between them. And he's trying to save the day. But again, it feels like Universal Soldier. The younger Van Damme and the older Van Damme are getting hammered in the rain. Same old Van Damme. You know, muscles rippling and all that. I know they've got vests on and all that, but it's the same Van Damme. Mm -hmm. And why the hell is his pregnant wife climbing on the roof? There's no reason for her to be on the roof. And she's climbing on the roof. And I'm like, just go and hide in the cupboard or something. Just do something. Why are you putting yourself on the roof when it's pissing down? But for me, Dave, this is Van Damme 101. And it's. What I didn't get, though, is. Like Van Damme and, and Mia Sarah are hanging off, you know, he is able to hold Mia Sarah, you know, or I should call it so Melissa. He's able to hold Melissa with one hand. Oh, he's holding ridiculous. both of their weight with his other hand. You've got a guy stood on his fingers <laughs> and he's still yeah. able to hold on. Where the fuck did that gun come from where she grabbed hold off? It seemed to just be like lying there you know on the on the side and so she just grabbed it and shot that bloke you know and stopped him standing on his fingers i'm just like where did that gun come from but again dave two seconds earlier she's petrified screaming that he's gonna drop her but then she's got the actual nows to grab the gun he's not seen her grab the gun she then shoots accurately while she's been held up by one hand she's never <laughs> held a gun in her life it's she didn't take max walker's head off Oh, I guess she goes on full on John Rambo like Eleanor Eleniak in uh, Under Siege. Under Siege, <laughs> and I said it at the time we reviewed that she had a bigger gun than the proper seals and these mercenaries, didn't she? She had a proper assault rifle, where everyone else has got a fucking spud gun. It was ridiculous that Under Siege, but yeah, this is DNA of Van Damme. It's it's a rip off of all his other movies. It just reminded me a lot of Universal Soldier at the end. You've got the big guy. Obviously, he's not Dolph Lundgren. He's not a super soldier, but he's obviously stronger than Van Damme. He's, he's got something about him, Annie Dave. You know, something there. He's he's a big guy, and you get a little bit of a battle. But one of the bits, right? And I've never seen anything like it. And I can forgive anything in Van Damme movies. I can pretty much forgive everything. It's always the same stories, a loner in prison or whatever. It's always the same fucking nonsense. I love it. That end bit with McComb. So McComb's there, comes in, he's got hold of her, he's got the gun, then his younger self just strolls into the house. (laughs) No one says a word. But then there's this weird thing where the younger guy gets in front of the older guy and it just end up like disintegrating together into this blob, this red blob. <laughs> well, this, <laughs> it's like, what? This is the uh, this is what they were hinting at earlier in the movie, and this is the payoff. So, you know, the same matter can't occupy the same space. That's what they were saying with time travel. So that's why they were saying, you know, never meet your former self or anything. So it's not just about talking to them and influencing them and changing the future. It's, you know... If you were to touch your past self, uh, apparently you'll just uh, disintegrate into this blob. <laughs> it was a bit weird, to be honest, wasn't it? It's Early nonsense. days of CGI, I think, and and like playing around with it. it was, oh, this is cool. It, it reminded me of um, oh, Spawn. Some of the practical, there's some of the CGI effects in Spawn, Dave. You know, that little fucking clown guy, that John <laughs> yeah. Willie Armory, or whatever he's called. He might have John Wick and stuff. He, yeah. He's the clown guy, isn't he? But yeah, he does. And, and what happens then is obviously old Walker goes back to the future. She's announced she's pregnant and the kid's there and everything in it. And we all get to live happily ever after. And it's, it, I enjoy it. And I did enjoy it. I really did enjoy it. But the more we talk about it, and there was times there where I had to go, I made a brew or something, you know, someone was pinging me or whatever, or I was doing something for work. And you just can't take any of this. There's no rule really to the time travel. It's just a Van Damme ridiculous movie. It really is. But, you know, that's what you get with Van Damme, unfortunately, or fortunately. <laughs> the thing is, this. So, so let me think. It was 10 years in the future, wasn't it? So this kid is 10. Does he not like have questions? Oh, Dad, do you remember that time when uh, you know we did that thing when I was five? And he's like, "Don't know." 
<laughs> I missed out on all of that. I was uh, I just came back into the timeline and, and you were here and you were 10 and just thankful I don't have to deal with you scry- screaming all night and changing your nappies. You know what I mean? It, it, he's missed out on all that time with his with his kids. But it does finish it off like it's this perfect ending. Yeah, it's, it's fucking stupid. It really, but then again, Dave, you go back to Back to the Future when Marty comes back at the start and you've got... Dave and his sister, who've, you know, and your mum and dad are playing tennis and all that, and his sister's got these <laughs> yeah. boyfriends, and Dave's this successful office guy. You know, before that, he's working in fucking McDonald's or so, wherever he was working. Still lives at home, so. though, doesn't he? Yeah, they all still live at home, yeah. They're all driving top cars, though, Dave, on a hill. Is it Hilldale where they live? Um, uh, no, Lion, Lion Estate it was, wasn't it? The Lion Estate where they were bought, where the house is. I'll take your word for it. No, it is. It's the Lions Estate, and I think Hilldale's where they live when he's in the future. The hobos and all that right, stuff. Right, right. Yeah, and my knowledge there. My knowledge, Glyn's going to have me if I've got that wrong. I'm sure it's the Lions <laughs> Estate. Um, he said he was screaming at them last time with the old Blanker and Balrog thing, wasn't he? So, yeah, that, that so, was me who no. threw you off the scent, though, wasn't it? He had it right first time with saying it, Balrog was the Tyson, but I, I just couldn't remember the names. I thought it was Bison. Blanker, yeah. But, uh, I- Dave, I should have known that. I spent many a Saturday morning at Stretford Sports Centre playing 10p return games on that. I loved uh, Street Fighter, so I can't say anything. <laughs> I should have doubted myself. But anyway, should we get into our review, Dave? Let's go. So, I'll go first, Dave, on this one. It's Van Damme DNA. You could literally, all right, there is a time travel element to it, but you could literally pick any movie from Van Damme and pretty much he's going to get the same hits, kicks, splits in that you see in all of them. There's nothing different. Like I say, the acoustics of the hits on the copy I saw are unbelievable. I've never, I've not watched anything probably since Rocky 3 and Rocky 4 for just pure FUD sounds completely unrealistic, but it's Van Damme. His kicks are like being hit by a medicine ball and that in this. It's just <laughs> stupid. But there is elements of it I like. I like the 1929 sort of um, Prohibition era, you know, pre uh, before World War Two and just after World War One. So I love all that. Uh, interesting uh, way to do it on the stock market in New York and that. A lot of the CGI is pretty poor. A lot of the acting is pretty poor. But again, I enjoy it. I know what I'm getting with Van Damme. I can forgive a lot. And I know my bloody morals on these films. I can absolutely slay a biopic, an absolute classic movie. But I I can watch a Van Damme or a No To No Surrender and just forgive everything. So it's not amazing. I can't put it in the middle, Dave. It just isn't good enough to go in the middle. So I think I'm going to send it to Hell's Kitchen, Dave. So... A Van Damme special, it's not great, but it's watchable. And if you've watched it once, you don't really need to watch it again. So what about yourself? Yeah, so I mentioned at the top of the show that I'd gone through this feeling of like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I love it. And then I thought, oh, what actually happened? I don't remember. Have I actually seen this? And and genuinely, I was having this conversation with myself about I, I really had it in my brain that I remembered it and you know loved it to i don't remember anything about it and i think that's just because the the movie just doesn't really grab you in and the fact that they play hard and fast with the kind of time travel rules just leaves you a little bit lost with kind of what's going on and what the rules really are because they seem to kind of make it up as they go along i think the thing that you're always going to get from van damme movies is one the splits to some great action scenes and I just didn't really feel like the action scenes were that great I just think the B movies that we see him in you know the likes of Bloodsport the likes of Kickboxer um, Universal Soldier you know great movie we haven't gone back to review that one with VHS but we should do that at some point soon you get genuinely good action scenes and I just don't really think these lived up to to that and i think what it is when you when he's doing his b movies they focus a lot more on getting the action right and i think in this they're they're focused on making a bigger budget like proper movie as opposed to a b movie and so i think that just contributes to you know the action scenes not being that great and you know you're not being that bought into the story 
I don't think the baddie was good. I don't think he had a great motivation. It seemed ridiculous to me to uh, the way he wanted to rustle up some cash to to run for president. Um, <laughs> you know, and he's not as big a criminal as the last president, anyway. So, so for me, I, I was actually, you know, considering how much you just gushed about it and put it in Hell's Kitchen, I was debating whether it's a Hell's Kitchen or it's a Hall of Justice. Because I, I, at the end of the day, it is Van Damme, and I, I have the same love for him. So, you know, that gets you so far in a movie before you've even started it. So I, I think I am going to drop it down. It, it It's high up. I, I was umming and ahhing about the middle, but uh, no, I'm, I'm going to put it in Hell's Kitchen as well. Good stuff, Dave. Good stuff. And you know what it reminds me of? This is a really, really reach, Dave, with Van Damme. It feels like when he's doing his B-movie stuff, like almost canon-type movies, there's a there's an expectance that the acting's not going to be very good, but yeah. it's Van Damme. He's going to flex his muscles. You're going to get away with this. There's going to be some real thin story about his family or his brother's being killed or something. There's always something with Van Damme. It's the same DNA. But when he's gone to this, which is a one of his bigger movies, especially for, for budget, there's a story I heard about Freddie Mercury right, Dave. Now this, you go, how the hell's Chris well, this? No, that took a turn. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting no, where this no. is going. No, no. So what I mean is this is this is the... the um, the way it's similar. Freddie Mercury, you know, like the way he sings and all that, and he dances, and, and he used to really go around the stage, didn't he? And really, like, prance around the stage, and he's very camp, but very expressive with his hands and everything. Well, the Royal Ballet Theatre Company contacted Freddie and said, we think you'd be good enough to be a ballet dancer. We think you've had, tra- have you had training? And he's like, oh, no, I've, you know, I've never really had anything, but, you know, I love that. So they brought him along, Dave, thinking that they were going to turn him into this ballet dancer for this thing, and he couldn't fucking dance, right? So <laughs> they just carried him round, and it reminded me of Van Damme turning up on this set with his top off, his fucking undies on, with a fucking, probably some cod piece down, and him doing a load of kicks and punches and going, I'm here. This is all I've got. And they're going, oh, fuck, we're fucked. He can't act. You know, like, this is a real bad fucking thing. But, you know, just something where he's got, yeah, he's got into the table, but like like the Wizard of Oz, but when they pull the, the cupboard behind, it's the, the curtain behind, they've gone, oh, we're fucked here. We are knackered. And I think that's what's happened in this movie is, and that's a hell of a Freddie Mercury story. Then what a, even I'm questioning why I brought that up. But anyway, you know, it's, you know what, though? <laughs> I don't think his acting is that bad in this. Th- think of Bloodsport, right? His acting. I always think of, you know, when he, when we get to meet, um, uh, when he goes to meet his, um, not adoptive mother, but, yeah, you yeah. know, the, the yeah, wife the of, sensei's the, wife. Yeah, yeah, the wife of his old sensei. And he opens the door and he's got that big shit-eating grin and he just looks ridiculous. It's the most, uh, you know, false thing you've ever seen and and just some of his acting is just so horrendous if you compare that to this you know a few years later this i think his acting was a lot better but it just doesn't make for a better movie no i think i agree i agree with that i do agree with that how the hell i pulled out that fucking analogy dave (laughs) i don't know know. but anyway anyway forget i apologize if you want to contact us, guys, at Comics in Motion P, if you want to email us, the Comics in Motion podcast at gmail.com. As always, you get a chance, drop us a review in your podcast catching up. Now, Dave, what have we got for next week? Now, Chris, next week we have something that is written and directed by the master of horror himself, Wes Craven. And I'm not sure if you'll have seen this or maybe even aware that this has comic book roots no pun intended um, but this is the 1982 swamp thing government agents scientists soldiers master criminals secret formulas 
monsters and midgets. None of them belong in this swamp. Only one thing does. The Swamp Thing. The Swamp Thing. Think of this neighborhood. Adrienne Barbeau and The Swamp Thing, an outrageous pair in the incredible adventure that grows on you or all over you. The Adventures of The Swamp Thing. The comic book legend lives. Thanks, Dave. Another fantastic horror movie that I'm really excited to watch. Um, no, I, I, I remember seeing the, the VHS cover for years because it was obviously I was only a three or four when it came out. And I think I've seen little bits of it and being petrified. I'm sure my uncle or my cousin or somebody was watching it once and I was only young. I was like, oh, probably about 10, 11. I was like, oh, I'm not watching this. So with it being Wes Craven, Dave, I want to see the evolution because this came out around about the same time as Freddy Krueger as well. So see where he was going. It's a, it's a bigger budget, I think, some of the Nightmare on Elm Street films as well. I'll not say a word because I know the TV show was well received. You watched that one yeah. season wonder that they bloody capped the, the Muppets. But uh, yeah, I have no baggage in this whatsoever. So I'll see uh, how it goes. So I wouldn't worry about it too much about it being scary. <laughs> it's really not. Um, it's not one that you have to, you know, make sure the curtains are uh, wide open and watch it in the <laughs> daytime and stuff. So <laughs> this is more kind of, you know, like a 1950s creature from the Black Lagoon thing. And, you know, this is not the thing, which is a little bit hairy. Um, and, and like you say, I, I think the VHS cover was pretty, pretty iconic, wasn't it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm sure you'll, you'll enjoy that one. Oh, thanks, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> We've got our first Van Damme of the Comics and Motion. Mm universe out of the way i think haven't we so uh we've done that uh, obviously blood sport over on the vhs strikes back so yeah let's uh looking forward to next week <laughs> what you can <laughs> what delights you can bring to us so <laughs> thanks a lot mate and i'll see you next time bye excuse me i'm eric ventra james xavier go fuck yourself what in the ass tell me something my friend you ever dance with the devil in the pale of night? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound. Let's not stand on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne. Would you care to step outside? Come to me, son of Jerome! Kneel before Zod! Why so serious? Let's put a smile on that face. I am Iron Man. I'm Batman. And he? Good to eat. 